Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome into Best on the Board, presented by BetMGM. Michael Feller, Derek Van Riper here with you. We are recording this episode on Thursday, April 7th, opening day in Major League Baseball, but we're taking a look ahead to opening day. Part 2, Friday, April 8th. We've got basically all the lines for Friday's games available to us to talk about here, so that's exactly what we're going to do on this episode of Best on the Board DVR. Baseball's back. What's going on, man? It's back. It's time for burgers and hot dogs and Italian beef and all the good things. I'd be Mm -hmm. like, i got to get a a helmet so I can just make my home nachos in a helmet for myself since I won't be going to the ballpark for probably a few weeks. Maybe I'll get to a Giants game second, third week of the season, but uh, I always got to celebrate opening day with some baseball foods at home. Oh, yes. It's a great thing to do uh, and, you know, get a get a beer or two also in the mix there. And, and I'm on that same track as you. You know, you uh, you decamped from uh, the upper Midwest earlier <laughs> this year, and so you are not getting to enjoy this upper Midwest weather that I, I'm enjoying on opening day. It's exactly as you remember it, DVR. It looks like it on TV. I'm watching <laughs> Brewers Cubs. I see yeah. people in the stands with winter uh-huh. hats on. It looks yeah. kind of gray. Looks like uh-huh. it's a little bit wet. Yep. Probably pretty windy. Yep. All of the above. Yeah, yep. I'm, yep. I'm I'm fine with 80 and, and warm. <laughs> it's, it's been beautiful here. It's a little yeah. jarring, but uh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I might be I might be more into the mid to late May before I find myself in a baseball game uh, <laughs> schedule. But uh, no matter when we actually get into a stadium, baseball is back, and we've got a nice fun slate to talk about. For Friday, so let's uh, let's just jump right in. DVR, we're just going to get into these games that we like. Pick anything you like, any matchup, total, uh, the, a side, a run line, whatever you're looking at. Give me a matchup that you are looking at for Friday's games. So it's a little bit funny. I think on this show last week, I was talking about the Twins, the team that I really liked on the rise. We get to their opener, and I'm on the opposite side. On a micro level, I like the Mariners on Friday. Robbie Ray against Joe Ryan is a pitching matchup that heavily favors the Mariners. Robbie Ray is an ace. Joe Ryan is not. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's reflected in the line. So you're getting pretty good value on the Mariners. I think this is a team that has a loaded bullpen to support all their starters. And that core of hitters continues to get better. I love that they put Julio Rodriguez on the opening day roster. We could see Jared Kelnick take a step. Adding Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez gave them a lot of depth in that lineup. So this is a team that last year when they were surprising us, they were struggling to put runs on the board consistently. I don't think that's going to be the case here in 2022. And I think Joe Ryan is one of those pitchers that he needs to prove it. It was only five starts in the big leagues at the end of last season, and the schedule was very favorable. I think he caught the Cubs twice, the Guardians twice, and the Tigers once down the stretch, if I remember correctly. Those were not good teams at the end of last season with the makeup of their respective lineups. So it's a huge advantage for Seattle. As much as I like both of these teams over the course of this season to exceed relative expectations, the Mariners are in a fantastic spot in the opener. It's a compelling argument, and as you said, the the lines don't necessarily really reflect that. Uh, the the Twins are actually small favorites in this game, mm-hmm. uh, at least on the money line. The Twins are minus one twelve. The Mariners at minus one hundred four. So the Twins slight favorites on the money line, and so that's something that um, yeah, I get it. Right there's there's some understandable excitement around this Twins team coming into this year after some of the moves that they made all the way up to opening day Eve, uh, acquiring Chris Paddock from the the Padres. So I get why they would be slight favorites in a certain sense going into their home opener and their their straight-up opener, but that pitching matchup makes this a a Mariners-or-nothing play 
to me, and uh, you explained why the Mariners are the play for you. So uh, an interesting matchup and between two teams that are going to be you know fun to watch. It's a that's a fun opening weekend matchup. It's one that if it's buried in like the I don't know the middle of May or something, maybe you don't really realize it. But uh, with this uh, being opening weekend, two teams that certainly could find themselves uh, definitely in in the wild card mix, and you know if things break a, a little bit right for them, maybe in their divisional mixes as well. This is a, a fun opening weekend matchup between the Twins and the Mariners. In Minnesota, I'm going to go to one that always uh, on the uh, very, very blinking red light on the baseball radar. Red Sox and Yankees, uh, they finally get underway. There was supposed to be a Thursday opener, but uh, inclement weather pushed them back to Friday. Red Sox in New York, understandably underdogs, not only uh, in New York, but going up against Garrett Cole. To me, though, DVR, the line just a little bit too big. Red Sox are plus 140 on the money line. So I'm going to go with the Red Sox here. I, I think, you know, this is a team that we talked about uh, in one of our preview episodes. I think it was maybe the one when we were talking about division pennant world series odds. You and I agreed that the Red Sox were undervalued relative to the rest of the AL East. Uh, totally agree that they, uh, it's fair to look at them as the fourth of four among the competitive teams in the AL East. But I don't think the gap is as big between them and the rest of the division as those division pennant and world series odds we're suggesting. Now, that is obviously a macro view of the entire season. We are looking at a micro view of just one game and a game where they're going up against Garrett Cole and a Yankees lineup that we know for sure day one is fully healthy. But I still think that plus 140 is just a little bit too unfriendly of a price. Nathan Ivaldi, great season last year. Not quite a real ace, but definitely deserves to be at the top of this Boston uh, Boston rotation. And we know what that that Red Sox lineup can do. You know, this is a this is a lineup that certainly can handle a guy like Garrett Cole. Uh, they're built to handle that top level pitching. They're built to score. They're built to bully their way to a bunch of nine to seven victories this season. So I think getting them at plus one forty, even in the matchup against Garrett Cole, is a number that I'm comfortable with. So I'll, I'll back the Red Sox on Friday. Yeah, if you go back to the shortened season since the start of 2020, Nathan Evaldi and Garrett Cole rank sixth and seventh in war, respectively, among pitchers. There's not much that separates those two. With rested bullpens, there's less of a gap between these two teams. The Yankees mm-hmm. have a better bullpen and they have more bullpen depth on day one of the season. That doesn't matter all that much. They, The Red Sox could throw Garrett Whitlock out there for multiple innings that they have to. So I think the starting pitching matchup is very close. The Red Sox at full strength level the gap that way, and the offenses are both amazing. Uh, yeah, there's there's very little that separates any of those four great teams in the AL East right now. So I think you're right to be on the Red Sox side of this one. All right, DVR, maybe the most fun pitching matchup on Friday, certainly among the most fun pitching matchups, is taking place in San Francisco. Sandy Alcantara taking the mound for the Marlins. Logan Webb for the Giants. A couple of guys who had breakout seasons in 2021. A couple of guys who certainly can pitch their way into the NL Cy Young discussion in 2022. Marlins plus 120 on the money line. The Giants at minus 142. This is a game you've got circled. What direction are you going in? Yeah, it's the only other game on the slate that has a 7.5 over-under, just like that Red Sox-Yankees game that we just talked about. I think that's a reflection of just how good these two teams are at the front of their rotation and how good the bullpens are, at least the A bullpens for both of these teams. I think the Marlins made that low-key trade with the Orioles to get a lot better in their bridge to the ninth inning, and they are with Cole Seltzer and Tanner Scott there, Anthony Bender. It's not a lot of names that people are familiar with, but if you put your ace out there and you've got three good relievers ready to go, 
you've got a dangerous team. And the Marlins have improved offensively as well. They made a couple of additions, getting Avi Garcia, getting Jorge Soler. So I think they, they're they less of the pitching and defense sort of club that we've seen in the past. They're a little closer to a league average sort of team on the offensive side. Alcantara, I mean, if you play fantasy baseball, you're well aware of how good he is. He's probably a top 10 starting pitcher in the game right now. And I like the Marlins side of this because you're getting pretty good value at plus 120. I think I'm curious to see for the Giants this season, how much do they miss Buster Posey? I mean, mm-hmm. He was among the veteran players that had a renaissance at the plate in 2021. I know they were without him in the pandemic-shortened 2020 season. So from a clubhouse and leadership perspective, they've had to go through life without Buster Posey not that long ago. And they've got enough holdovers where I don't think this is a team headed toward collapse. But from a pitching matchup perspective, I like Alcantara better than Logan Webb. And Logan Webb's a great pitcher. But I think this is just one of those spots where I trust the Marlins. I think if the Marlins were in any other division, people would be talking about them as a legitimate playoff threat this year. I think because they're in a division you know, with the defending champions in Atlanta, with the Mets, and with the Phillies on the rise too, it's harder to see it happening. But this is an opportunity for them to get off to a really a great start against the biggest surprise in baseball a year ago and I think they can do that behind their ace in this matchup yeah this is a I love this play I love this play it's not it's not one that I had down but it's a play that I love and you know Alcantara is just a great guy a guy who can really go out and, and dominate lineups and you can obviously say the same for Logan Webb so uh, you know seven and a half whenever you're looking at a total like that it's always scary but the under uh, coming in is a big favorite at minus 120 with a plus 100 even money on the over here um you know TVR I mean forget about just like moving to another division how about this exact same team if we were talking 2023 schedules when we balance things out a little bit more and they're not you know going up against those NLEs teams all the time the way that they are going to be doing this season like this is a this is a frisky team on the rise and like I mean, just imagine if they didn't have some of the injuries they have in the rotation. Their rotation is already still great. And, like, if they didn't have the injuries that they're already dealing with in the rotation, like, that's a team that can really pitch its way and let the pitching carry it to, you know, like an 84-85 win season where they can still sneak into a wild card spot. It's an uphill battle with that division. It's an uphill battle with, you know, just some of the, the holes that they, that they just have on offense. You can't totally remake a team in, in a year or two, especially when you're talking about running a Miami budget. So, it's tough for them to, to fill all those holes right away, but this is a team that is definitely on the rise, and they could be one of those sneaky teams this season. Marlins plus 120 in San Francisco. Alcantara against Webb you know, right there with Yavaldi and Garrett Cole as the pitching matchup of the day on Friday. I'm going to go to one of our uh, bigger favorites, uh, not on the board, but in terms of just their division. The Chicago White Sox open their season in Detroit against the Tigers, Lucas Giolito, Eduardo Rodriguez, White Sox minus 134, Tigers plus 114. To me, DVR, this feels like I, like nothing in gambling is easy, but when I see uh, the White Sox with Giolito, minus 130, minus 135, minus 140 against the Tigers team that we're assuming is going to be competitive, but it's still an assumption right now, and it's an assumption that makes some sense. They were uh, much more competitive last year than anyone was expecting. They ended the season very strong. They made some nice moves in the offseason, Eduardo Rodriguez being one of them. They go, they sign Javier Baez. They are aggressive with their uh, top prospects, Spencer Torkelson, and he'll be in that opening day lineup uh, tomorrow. But this is one that I just, I still think, you know, White Sox, the obvious best team in this division. I still think head and shoulders above the Tigers where the Tigers are right now. Plenty of reason for optimism for Detroit, but the White Sox have World Series optimism. The Tigers have 
we can compete for a wild card spot this year optimism. And even that sort of optimism assumes a handful of things going right for them, assumes a handful of guys uh, take a couple of steps, most notably in that rotation behind Eduardo Rodriguez. Again, that's more of a macro look, but on the micro level, this White Sox team still a much better outfit top to bottom than the Tigers. And Eddie Rodriguez, excuse me, Lucas Giolito in there for them. That's something that I want to back right away when I get an opportunity. And just seeing Giolito with a minus 130 next to his name, it's not something you're going to get all the time with him. And so I want to back the White Sox in this spot. I think they take care of business tomorrow. Yeah, and this, I would agree, is a much improved Tigers team. The late trade for Austin Meadows gives them one more impact bat in the lineup on an everyday basis. I think if Riley Green were healthy, he'd probably be joining Spencer Torkelson mm-hmm. in the opening day lineup. We could see Akil Badu take a step forward. He was a great story as a Rule 5 pick last year. I think the Achilles heel for the Tigers this year is actually going to be their bullpen. I think that's a weak bullpen. Gregory Soto has great stuff, but not a lot of control. Michael Fulmer had a brutal spring. He's a nice story that he's healthy again and that he pitched pretty well last year. Uh, Joe Jimenez has been a disappointment. I think a few years ago, people thought he was going to be a lockdown closer, a perennial 30-save guy, and maybe one of the better late-inning arms in the game. That hasn't materialized. And Andrew Chafin is on the IL right now. So you don't have... You just don't have a good core of relievers to get you those last nine or last 12 outs. I think that's the problem the Tigers are going to run into. The White Sox are one of the best lineups in the American League, even with Yohan Moncada opening the season on the injured list. This is a team that's a little bit deeper than it was a year ago as well, so I think they could withstand the various injuries that are likely to occur over the course of the season. And like you, I feel like Giolito is a little bit undervalued in the broader market right now, coming off of a relative like a relative down year for him that it still would be a great season for a lot of other pitchers out there. All right, DVR. So the Dodgers, they're going to score a lot of runs this season on most games. It's just that, that's what they're going to do. That's what happens when you have a lineup that is stacked with literal former MVP winners and then like three other guys who could conceivably win an MVP at some point in their career. So they're going to score a lot of runs just generally. Now they start the season in Colorado, it's Walker Buehler and Kyle, Kyle Freeland as the matchup for the pitching matchup for this game. Dodgers, obviously, massive favorites on the money line, minus 205, plus 172 for the Rockies. But we take a look at the total here. It is set at 11. The over is actually a slight dog, minus 106 to a minus 114 for the under. But uh, neither of us is afraid of that total. We say this is going over. I'll let you make the argument for us. I think it goes over pretty easily. And, you know, I know there's been a lot of attention paid to Cody Bellinger's elevated strikeout rate this spring. But if you look at Derek Cardi's projection system, the Bat X, the Dodgers have nine hitters. They have nine hitters projected to be above average hitters this season based on WRC. They have two guys, actually three guys, 40% better than league average in Betts, Freeman, and Muncie. They have three guys that are at least 30% better than league average in Trey Turner, Justin Turner, and Will Smith. And then, oh yeah, there's Chris Taylor and Cody Bellinger and Gavin Lux, who now has more of a role. And even their bench guys, their bench guys project to be close to league average players. So even if some of those guys are getting days off, this is a team that's going to score runs all the time. It's Kyle Freeland going for the Rockies. It's not Herman Marquez. So I think that bodes really well for the Dodgers lineup as well. And aside from all of that, the times that I would consider taking the underside of an over-under in Coors would be 
nasty weather games. Mm -hmm. 68 and sunny is the forecast for Friday. So let's take the weather into consideration. Let's take the opponent into consideration. Let's consider that it's Freeland and not Marquez. And let's also take a look back at recent Rockies home openers. 13 runs with the Dodgers visiting last year. 15 runs with the Padres visiting that was in July in 2020. 16 runs combined with the Dodgers in 2019. 11 with Atlanta visiting in 2018. And yes, there was one low-scoring game in 2017, a three-run squeaker with the Dodgers. But I have a hard time looking at this lineup in these circumstances, in these conditions, and saying, yeah, this, this game's not going to go over the 11. Plus, the Rockies' offense is better than it was at the end of last season. It's true. They actually made some adjustments that we didn't expect them to make. So for all the times we've dumped on the Rockies for eating paste and being a poorly run organization, <laughs> they've at least made their offense better. I think they could put a decent share of the 11 on the board themselves. I think they could put three or four runs on the board. I think the question is going to be, which relievers do they end up getting to see? Once Walker Bueller eventually leaves this game, if the Dodgers have a big enough lead, maybe you get the underbelly of the Dodgers bullpen. And yes, the Dodgers usually have great fifth, sixth, seventh relievers, but I'll take my chances against those guys in an opening day environment with that Colorado offense in those conditions. So I love the over in this game. He said it all DVR, so I will just say I endorse that message right there. Let's go over Dodgers and Rockies, over the 11 runs, and hey, getting a little bit of a uh, favoritism there with them, that that being the uh, underdog in that total matchup. Absolutely love that and love doing these baseball best on the board episodes. That's going to wrap it up for this one and for the week here on Best on the Board. For DVR, I am Michael Beller. Thanks for listening. Good luck. Happy betting. We'll talk to you soon.